Let's talk just a little bit about politics today, and let's spend more time talking about culture. Hopefully, people will get a little bit pissed off about this whole thing. This is Gene, and you're listening to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Hey, hey, this is Gene. Welcome back to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Okay, I'm here with Josie today. She's all cute, trying to figure out her 401k. And this is causing her major stress and consternation. The dog's barking in the background. So hopefully she says something. I will. I guarantee you today, I will set her off in some way. Say hi, Josie. Hi. There, that was about all I'm going to get out of her, but... I'll give it a shot. So she, so we're together today. She's so cute. So you do know now that there is someone named Josie in my life. Okay, so I, I didn't want to spend a lot of time on uh, politics today because there's just so much stupid culture crap going on around here. And I think culture is important. I think I told you that. Um Andrew Breitbart said that culture is downstream of politics. And looking at what's happening in Virginia in the gubernatorial race, which, by the way, right now, I know I'm really late, but right now it looks like uh, the polls are closed in Virginia, and we should be hearing things. And uh, Glenn Youngkin is doing very well. And one of the things Glenn Youngkin did very well was deal with culture and ignore the politics. And there was a lot of politics in this election. And he just ignored it, and he stuck with uh, critical race theory, critical gender theory, corruption, fun stuff like that. And he just went along. And I think this could be if anyone's worried about Trump running in 2024, this could be, if he wins this election, and I, I, I think that's a big if, because this is a blue state, he's a Republican, a moderate Republican, granted, but he is a Republican. If he does win this state, um, this is going to be a blueprint on how Republicans run in 2022 and 2024. So we're going to have to see. I'm really excited about tonight. Josie, how excited are you? I don't care. <laughs> she doesn't care. Um, and she, she sounds cute, though, doesn't she? Except it barely did a blip, blip on my uh, volume meter. So I apparently probably didn't say too much. But anyway, so let's get on to the stories today. First, we need to talk about the politics. Um the climate summit in Glasgow, Scotland is over. I had to look that up because I didn't know where Glasgow was, but it's in Scotland, not England. I think I said it was in England yesterday. I don't know. Um, it was, without a doubt, a disaster for Joe Biden. Nothing about this trip is going to improve his standing in the United States or around the world. He not only didn't take a stronger stance on anything, he looked weaker. In fact, he looked weak, hypocritical, and really, really old and decrepit. Uh, that poor guy, he just needs to go away. So here are some highlights. Now, it didn't start well for him, supposedly. Allegedly, he pooped his pants in front of the Pope. We don't know if this is true or not. It's all alleged. 
But it has become a huge joke on social media. Which means it's a joke around the world. And the Biden administration, probably because Jen Psaki, who has been inoculated about 15 times for COVID, now has COVID. And it makes you, it, it just makes you wonder what everyone else in the other countries are thinking of. You think Vladimir Putin or Xi Jinping are actually crapping their pants? Probably not. Now, there are a lot of jokes out there about this whole thing. I, I will not make any jokes about Joe Biden pooping his pants because he's really old and decrepit. I won't tell you that he probably pooped his pants because he runs in his, it runs in his jeans, which I thought was a really funny joke. And even Josie laughed at that joke. I won't say that. Because if I said that, I'd be making fun and spreading rumors. And I'm not going to do that. Because we don't know if he pooped his pants, even though we're pretty sure he probably did. Because no one wants to deny it or say it happened. I guess bathroom accidents. I don't know. It could Maybe he peed his pants. I don't know. We don't know. Okay. He claimed that the Pope said told him he was a good Catholic. And that he should... Continue taking communion, even though the Pope has made it very clear that the church does not support abortion and Joe Biden is a rabid abortionist. And then when the Pope and the pulpit was actually, the um, papacy was asked whether he had, the Pope had actually said that, um, they wouldn't confirm or deny anything. By the way, that whole thing about receiving communion not up to the Pope. It's actually up to the bishops and the specific priests. They're handing out communion. Here's a newsflash. Uh, Joe Biden's no Catholic. Sorry, not he's not a Catholic. He's pro-abortion. He's not a Catholic. Period. End of story. Um, he was questioned in front of all the leaders about his crashing poll numbers today. How embarrassing is that? Hey, uh, you know, you're underwater by 14 points what do you think about that? And no. He, you know, he gave the answer I told you about, or I played the audio of what he said yesterday. This can't be a comfortable situation. He appeared to be falling asleep today during a climate meeting. Now, I understand that these climate meetings are really boring and this whole climate, we're all going to die in four years thing is really stupid, but you probably shouldn't fall asleep. And even liberal news media was saying, um, we're all going to die in four years or 10 years or 12 years, wh whichever year they're saying. And they're saying, shouldn't he have stayed up? Isn't that an important enough uh, subject that he should stay up? I mean, we're all going to die. Yeah. And he had to be woken up by a staffer. Now, I know, I know, you're going to hear allegedly. It's not allegedly. I've got the video. Visit dumbassestalkingpolitics.com. Look at the video. He is falling asleep. I'd fall asleep. Donald Trump would fall asleep. I think even Josie would fall asleep. Because I don't think Josie gives a darn about the climate either. Um, he had to apologize to France about that submarine deal that the United States made with Australia. 
he basically said, this was on the first day, by the way, he pooped his pants and had to apologize to France, of all countries, on the first day. Yeah, he apologized to France. He said that, um, yeah, there seemed to have been some confusion when this deal was made. Hey, newsflash, these contracts with these countries is, are not two or three pages long, and not one or two people actually go through them. Hundreds or thousands of people go through these contracts. It just makes Joe Biden look very out of control, a very bad administrator. He traveled in an 85 caravan because he had one-third of his cabinet with him. Um, he's not only flying Air Force One, he's also fl uh, his cabinet is flying in a ton of private planes. Seems kind of hypocritical considering the footprint he left by traveling to Europe, Glasgow, and Rome was huge. It's really hard for me to say, you know what, I can't have electricity after 8 o'clock at night, but he travels around in an 85-car caravan. In closing pictures in the conference, he just looked weak again. He was looked alone. He looked lost. A couple of the pictures had him cut off because he was at the end. You remember, everyone gives Donald Trump crap because of his bravos. And he does. He's, his bravado is incredible. But President Trump would have sat right in the middle of that picture because he's Donald Trump and he represents the United States. Joe Biden sits next to the president of the Congo. That's awesome. And finally, China and Russia, the two largest, uh, two of the largest carbon emitters, didn't even bother to show up. Heck, China just basically said, hey, give poor countries more money. And by the way, by poor countries, he means China, because China is still considered a third world country, which is bizarre. And India, the third highest carbon producer after China and the United States, committed to do absolutely nothing. So can I ask you something? Does this seem like a successful trip? And then we still haven't even talked about how his Build Back Better plan in the United States is crashing and burning. We're not going to talk about it too much today because I want to see what's actually happening. I, I, I don't want to talk about it. Joe Manchin basically gave uh, Joe Biden and the left the bird on it. Uh, Pramila Jayapal, who has been one of the greatest proponents of Build Back Better has finally said, well, we don't necessarily, you know, last a couple days ago, I think, I told you, no, they were going to reject everything unless they got Build Back Better. Well, today she kind of said, oh, maybe we'll do it. And so I, I don't want to talk too much about it because there's too much hemming and hawing. And I think we need to actually hear what's going to happen with it in the next couple of days. Uh, I, I, there is thought there will be a vote on it. It will get passed, and it will be substantially slimmed down, though it'll still be an absolutely huge bill. Anyway, let's get back to the uh, um, this Glasgow thing. But Joe Biden, the worst thing he could have done, I, I, I truly believe this is the worst thing he could have done, a la Barack Obama, in a sign of extreme weakness, 
decided to apologize to the world over the United States leaving the Paris Climate Accord. Listen to him. And I, I guess I shouldn't apologize, but I do apologize for the fact the United States, uh, the last administration, pulled out of the Paris Accords and put us sort of behind the eight ball. Uh, the first thing I did when elected, I see my friend nodding his head over there because we talked about this before while I was running. This friggin' guy, I sort of got, I hate when Democrats do this. They go through these, these apology tours. Um, I really don't give a damn that we pulled out of the Paris Climate, Climate Agreement. It didn't accomplish anything. No laws were set, no standards were set, except standards that we have to follow. China, France, Germany, Russia, no one has to follow anything. It's just a waste of time. And I personally don't think we need to apologize for anyone in Europe. If it wasn't for the United States, everybody in Europe would be speaking German right now. I, Hitler would have walked all over Europe eventually. He looked very, very weak in this whole thing. So, um... This is something great. So I already told you about the Virginia election for governor today. Um, it's a it's a huge issue for the Democrats. Not as much for the Republicans, because a lot of Republicans, it's a blue state, and it's great if we flop the state back to red, but it's a huge problem for the Democrats if it flops back to red. I, well, I'll go a step further. It's a huge issue for the Democrats if it's close election. Biden won this uh, state by 12 points. I think Hillary won it by 20. So, I mean, it is a very blue state. The biggest issues the Democrats have is education, critical race theory, critical gender theory, boys walking into girls' restrooms, and a ton of corruption. But the Democrat... Uh, and the Republican, Glenn Youngkin, is pointing all this stuff out and said, we're going to fix all that. But the Democrat candidate, Terry McAuliffe, who is losing, according to the polls at this point, up to 10 points, decides to keep drinking from the same bucket. So here, here's Terry McAuliffe yesterday talking about what he's going to do when he becomes governor. And I promise you, we've got to diversify our teacher base here in Virginia. 50% of the students at Virginia schools, K-12, 50% are students of color, and yet 80% of the teachers are white. We all know what we have to do in a school to make everybody feel comfortable in school. So let's diversify. So here's what I'm going to do. We'll be the first state in America. If you'll teach for five years here in Virginia in a high-demand area, that would be geographic or coursework, we will pay room board, and tuition at any college, any university, any HBCU here in the Commonwealth of Virginia. That's right. The problem with education is not the, is the educators being white. It's not the corruption. It's not this leftist ideology of just allowing people to go in, allowing boys to go into girls' restrooms or anything like that. By the way, this really the major problem is a rape that occurred in Loudoun County that the district hid, transferred the kid, and then the kid, who is 
considered gender fluid, whatever the frick that means, went in and raped another girl. And by the way, he was convicted. He's going to jail. But it's it's white people. It's all white people. That's what it is. The Democrats really have nothing to run on. Their ideas suck. Their philosophies suck. None of what they want to do is popular. McAuliffe is like the poster child of the Democratic Party. He never ran on what he could do that was good for the state. He ran on Yunkin being a Trump guy. And he ran against Trump, who, by the way, wasn't isn't in the election in any way. He never campaigned for Yunkin. And tr- here's something wild and crazy. Trump hasn't been in office in 11 months. I'm sorry, I shouldn't have said that. None of that stuff worked. He tried to make in Yunk- he tried to make Yunkin look look like a racist this week, this past week, with two seriously badly staged leftist white supremacists at his what rallies. Twice he did this. Didn't work. In fact, it backfired. Now he's screaming the system is racist and he can fix it? Here's a newsflash. Terry McAuliffe was the governor of Virginia for some years. I think it was eight years. He didn't fix it then. What makes you think he's going to fix it now? And the only idea he could come up with is to pay teachers more money and get more teachers of color to teach? That's your fix? Here's the thing. I'm going to say this again. Racism is all the Democrats have. Here's the problem. No one cares. I personally feel good when someone calls me a racist on Twitter. And it does happen. A lot. Because that's the only argument they actually have. Okay, the next story involves two of the greatest race hustlers in America today. And that's saying a lot with Jesse Jackson and the Reverend whatever his name is. I don't even care. That fat guy who got skinny because he had enough money to get his tummy tied. Um, first off, Ibram X. Kendi, whose real name, by the way, is Henry Rogers, is a leading proponent of critical race theory today. He's read several books. He's written several books on it, um, and he's running something in some Boston, I think Boston University. Uh, his book is garbage. I've already gone through it. I dismissed his book during the introduction uh, when he lied about things that actually were verifiably false. Remember, I always told you, the, the book's called How to Be an Anti-Racist, by the way. I still encourage you to read read it because it is, um, it's basically Jim Crow. He wants discrimination again. And he wants discrimination against whites because the system is racist. By the way, I, I just want to remind you never premise an argument with lies and that's what Kendi did in his book I read his book it's crap it's complete crap um he's got a flair for writing I'll give him that I wish I could write like that but he the book is crap you can imagine 
how thrilled I would be that one day this big mouth would actually tweet something that dismissed his own philosophy. And he did. So this weekend he went out and he tweeted this. Quote, more than a third of white students lied about their race on, a college, on college applications. And about half of these applicants lied about being Native American. More than three-fourths of these students who lied about their race were accepted. Now, do you see a problem with his argument and the belief that the system in the United States is racist? He's actually admitting that white students have to lie about being people of color so they can get into college. Of course, he got bombarded on Twitter for this. Well, you know, you figured he was going to spend five minutes actually read this tweet and realized, oh, crap, this is not a good thing. And so he deleted the tweet, but that didn't stop anyone on, on the Twitterverse. And you got to understand, everything you post online is there forever. And I think Ibram X. Kendi did this because a bunch of people actually snapshotted that, uh, snapshotted that tweet. And it has been online all weekend. So I, you bet. You bet he had an answer. And, of course, everything is racist. He actually released a 14-part tweet on Monday calling the system racist and throwing a bunch of left-wing articles proving that it was racist. And then he criticized anyone who criticized him calling them racist. So, But the, the great one was just three words from uh, a guy I love, Jack Pozobiec. He simply tweeted, I broke Kendi. Because he replied, that 14, he actually replied to Jack Posobiec. And he should have, because Jack Posobiec is a heavy-hitting journalist. And guess what Kendi did? Called him a racist. So listen to this. Mind you, Jack simply said, I broke Kendi. This is what Kendi responded. Jack, quote, Jack couldn't deny his lies, so this is how he responded. And his broke reference has a long history within racist structures. White enslavers boasted of breaking black people when they did not break black people. The resistance never stopped then, and it won't stop today. Um, no, he broke you as in your life's work has been throwed, thrown in the trash. By your own words. That's what he meant by broke. He doesn't mean broke like breaking a stallion. He doesn't mean broke like broke back mountain, some guy doing something to another guy. He means broke is in, wow, you're broken, dude. <laughs> you're, you're done. And Kendi had to make it a racist. And everything with Kendi is racist. Racism is a tired argument. Everything is racist. And when everything is something, it means something is nothing. I love when this stuff happens. It happens all the time. And it shows you how bad their debating talking points are. The man may have a doctorate degree. That's Kendi. But that doesn't make him very smart. And trust me, he's not. Okay, the other great race baiter I want to talk about is, um, is Colin Kaepernick. Let me put it to you this way. I canceled my, when 
Josie, when did I cancel my uh, Netflix subscription? Uh, she said a long time ago she won't talk because she's busy looking for shoes. But I canceled my Netflix subscription about two months ago because I thought I don't watch it that much. And then the crap they're putting on it is so left-wing and so bizarre I'm not interested. Well, Netflix released a video called Colin in Black and White, which follows Colin Kaepernick's career through high school, the NFL, and his fake activism. Now, just a reminder about Colin Kaepernick. Uh, he played quarterback for the San Francisco 49ers about five years ago for about 15 minutes. He did take him to the Super Bowl. Actually, it was their defense that took him to the Super Bowl. And after that, he played two more years. He sucked ass, and he was benched by the 49ers. They couldn't even trade him. He was that bad. Blaine Gabbereth took over. Now, I can't even pronounce Brain Galbraith. I don't even know if that's his name. But that's the guy. Let, let me put it to you this way. Blaine didn't do anything in the NFL either. How about that? So that's when uh, Kaepernick decided to start kneeling for the national anthem and screaming that America is racist and wearing cop pig pictures on his socks and all this crap. Eventually, he was cut by San Francisco, and he never got on another team. Now, he, he screamed he never got on another team because of racism. By the way, the NFL is 75% black, and Colin Kaepernick is a mulatto. Uh, mulatto, I heard, is racist today, even though it just means he's half white and half black. But I'm going to say mulatto anyway, because I'm not going to listen to them. I'm going to see an illegal alien, too. So get over it, Josie. Anyway, um, since then, Kaepernick has whined and cried about not being on a team. But the kicker is he's always refused to try out. But he has been able to call everyone racist and systemically racist and all this fun stuff. And that works in this society. Um, he signed a $35 million deal with Nike and did two commercials. And then he signed a multi-million dollar deal with Netflix. He is truly insufferable. And I, I actually thought he had disappeared. I didn't know he signed the Netflix deal. I don't even know how much he signed it for. But you know it's more than $5 million. Let's put it to you that way. Anyway... So he does this movie, and in one scene he compares the NFL's combine to slavery. Now, if you don't know what the combine is, the combine is basically a tryout for NFL rookies or older veterans who would like to play in the NFL. It's held before the draft. And one of the things these guys do is they actually show all their physical prowess. Yes, they are tested. The muscles, arms are checked, weight is checked, everything is checked on these guys. Because you got to remember, these guys are going to be signing multi-million dollar contracts if they're drafted. And these guys from these teams want to make sure, well, if I'm going to spend 15, 20 million dollars on a player, I want to make sure this guy isn't going to get hurt or isn't kind of not athletic. But here's the clip. And I'll talk about it after. The clip is just 
god awful. Oh, and just an FYI, I found the clip on the Ben Shapiro show. I could not find it anywhere, but it was that important. And I think Shapiro actually narrates this clip pretty good. So let's let's listen to that. Before they put you on the field, teams poke, pride, and examine you, searching for any defect that might affect your performance. No boundary respected. No dignity left intact. Okay, and then if you can't see this, there's a bunch of guys who are getting checked out at the combine with their shirts off. And then they walk out of the combine and into a graphic of them with chains on them being auctioned off as slaves. If you haven't watched the Ben Shapiro show, you should. It's a great show. Um, The clip was more disgusting and more despicable than he even described it. And I, I, I honestly think he hit it on the head when he said, you wonder why the country's falling apart? It's crap like that video. I will go so far as to say it disrespects and minimizes the suffering and tragedy of slavery. Because there is no comparison between slavery and the NFL Combine. Slaves did not receive multi-million dollar contracts if they did well at the Combine. If they did well at the slave auctions. White people also go to the Combine. This is something that Colin Kaepernick never really brought up. By the way, Colin Kaepernick is half black and half white. So maybe half of him went to the Combine? I don't know. Tom Brady had to try. The greatest quarterback in NFL history had to try out at the Combine. And the Combine is optional. If one is confident in their skills and are rated high enough by the NFL teams, he doesn't have to go to the Combine. It's for people who, hey, you know what? I'm sixth round. I'd like to be third round. I go to the Combine. Because sixth round to third round is literally hundreds of thousands of dollars of a contract and a signing bonus. But this is something that I don't think anyone brought up. This is done all the time. Even children's sports hold tryouts. It's done throughout the world. Soccer, hockey, baseball, they they all hold tryouts. And then they're drafted. And then they're taken. I did it with my kids, my, my girls' basketball team. We would sit back and we would hold a combine to watch a bunch of eight-year-old girls play basketball, and then we would draft people based on their skill levels. They all got drafted. But it was, okay, yeah, this kid can't throw the ball four feet in the air. I'm not going to take her first. And none of the people who I drafted were signed to multi-million dollar contracts. Colin Kaepernick himself said he wants back in the NFL. They won't take him. Not because he kneels for the National Anthem, which he does. And by the way, he didn't do that until he was benched. But because he's a crappy quarterback. The racism thing from Kaepernick is not about racism. He's a bitter, crappy, former 
NFL quarterback who's bitter that he's not good enough to get on another team. And that's a fact. He's found another way to make millions of dollars, and that's to claim he's a victim. Here's a newsflash. Colin Kaepernick is worth most than 95% of the NFL. He's worth close to $100 million because he peddles nothing but hate. Okay, I got one more story. And I, I'm going to do this anyway. I know I'm over already. And I could, I'm thinking I'm going to expand things a little bit. Okay? And I don't know why Josie needs to play music in the background. But that's Josie taking a shower. And she's decided to play music in the background. So now you know Josie taking a shower. With music blasting in the background in the bathroom. I don't know if you can hear it. Let me take a look. Can you hear it? Yep, you can. And she plays this weird Mexican music. I, I can't stand it. Selena, La Banda. I don't know. Whatever. Okay, so let's get to this last story. One of the things I hate about the left is they're mean. They don't care about anybody. Only the cause. I'll get more into that after the audio that I play because it's truly a terrible thing. We need a little bit of background here. So let's let's get to the background. And that's why I almost didn't play this today. But I, I feel like I should. Joe Biden has a stupid Build Back Better reconciliation bill. It started at $3.5 trillion, which would end up being 5 to $5 to $6 trillion. Uh, he whittled it down to $1.75 trillion, which still is going to be about $3 trillion. There are two Democratic senators that just are not going for this. Kirsten Sinema of Arizona and Joe Manchin of South Carolina. They think it's a stupid bill. Joe Manchin today said he will not support this bill. It is that bad. Truth be told, it looks like the bill might die. But things have happened today that say that it, it might survive. When Manchin said today it's gonna die, then you had a bunch of lefters, lefties from the squad say, no, yeah, we just need to do it anyway. So I think the bill might pass. I don't know what's gonna happen. I, I don't even want to talk about it. The left wanted the 3.5 trillion. They're not gonna get it. I mean, it's a crappy bill. It's 2,400 pages long. It's got crap that probably is not going to get through the CBO or reconciliation. Not one Republican is going to vote for this thing. Enter this video. Kirsten Cinema is a minister, and she is she was a minister before she became a senator, and she's presiding over a wedding. This is the same Kirsten Cinema, by the way, that I talked about a couple uh, last week, I think it was, or maybe it was two weeks ago, that was accosted by a bunch of Arizona students, a couple of them illegal aliens, by the way, in a women's restroom. One of them, you might remember, was a man, which, by the way, is illegal. It's a sex crime to accost a woman in a women's restroom if you're a man. I don't know. Oh, we talk about this this whole feminist crap. By the way, women, you're done. Yeah, you are no longer a victim group. Women are no longer a victim group. So, 
in this video, in this audio, leftists converged on this wedding and basically ruined it. So Kirsten Cinema is marrying two people. A bisexual woman, by the way, is marrying two people, and a bunch of people decide to destroy the wedding. In this video, you can hear the mother crying, telling them to stop and not ruin her daughter's wedding. It is truly heartbreaking. And I, I got to tell you, I had a hard time listening to this. Here it is. Cinema betrays us all. It's not lunch, is it? Big box of these good railings. Vote. Cinema sucks. Cinema Trump. Being a tutu. Trump being a tutu. It's a wedding. Trump being a tutu. It's a wedding. Trump being a tutu. Hi, thanks for ruining my wedding. I really appreciate it. You know what? She's ruining our lives. That's my story. It's just my wedding. I know. I'm. Well, I I really wish I could enjoy my wedding without you ruining it. I know you do. So mad. You awesome. These people are truly repulsive, and I, I do I do appreciate the one woman that said, "Okay, we'll just walk around with our signs." But sh that was one woman that did this. These people are terrible. They're miserable, and this was atrocious. And for some reason, they think that this is effective. Kirsten Cinema is one of the strongest women in probably Congress. Do you think for a second she's going to be turned on by this stuff? Or she's going to be convinced? They're doing the same thing with Joe Manchin. Joe Manchin is flipping the bird at everybody. And they think threats are going to do anything? No, they're, they're not. Here's the problem with communists, and that's what these are. They're always pissed off about something for no particular reason. They are miserable, and they're not happy until everyone else is miserable. And I'm not making this up. Mark Levine pointed this out in his book, uh, American Marxism. It is not a glitch in the philosophy to make people miserable. It is a feature. 
C.S. Lewis also said that the problem with communism, and we did do, you hear Josie singing? Yeah, she doesn't know it, but um, the problem with communism is that leadership always keeps you looking for future hopes that things will become utopia. We talked about this. I actually read a chapter from um, the Screw Tape Letters about this. That's how communist and socialist tyrants keep their power. They say that, yes, it's bad now. It's going to get better if we just continue the rebellion. Cuba is still in a rebellion. They've been going for how many years now? Today's politicians keep promising these morons who make other normal people's lives miserable that they will make their lives better. And these people make other normal people's lives miserable until they do exactly what they want. I can tell you one thing about this gal's uh, wedding. It's going to be the most memorable wedding that they've ever had. And it's fantastic that they did it. Remember this. Communists are cynical, miserable, unhappy a-holes. They're made that way. Conservatives are typically happy. They love their country. They love their life. Even when their life is difficult, I'm a prime example of that. I can sit back and have a discussion about this while Josie is taking a shower, singing and playing Mexican music in the bath back uh, in the bathroom. I have no problem. I think it's fun. I think phrases like "Let's go, Brandon," which has really pissed off the left, is fun. We'll talk about that tomorrow. I smile when I see the rage of people that I don't like and don't agree with, and we have no middle ground there. I don't know about you. I like being happy. I'll stay a conservative. Okay, that's it. Uh, visit my website at dumbassestalkingpolitics.com to take a look at the show notes, the videos, the audio. You have a great night. This is Gene, and you've listened to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Thank you.